Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Today's pod is also brought to you by Chosen One, a lifestyle brand of the nerd and famous, promoting academic hustle, street culture, and the geek life. Inspired by pop with a dash of retro goodness, Chosen One evolves with the future with a mission to provide a positive and empowering brand that flips the script for nerd kind. Check out their website at www.thechosenone.com, that's one with a W, to see their plethora of merchandise including hoodies, shirts, hats, and more. Available in men's, women's, and kids' sizes. Chosen One, the future of nerd kind. Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 46. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, uh, what's in the news, actually comes back today, and we're going to do a review of the new comic book movie, Hellboy. So without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right. So, James, what have you been watching? So, I've been watching a lot of TV shows, actually, recently. I saw a couple movies, but nothing too crazy, I guess. Why are you looking? <laughs> Marco's looking at my list. He's like, it looks like quite a bit. It of looks like fucking chicken scratches. Oh, yeah. That's just how I write. I can write Oh, good God. Um, I just finished season two of The Runaways, which is the Marvel TV show that hasn't been canceled. Uh, I think survived you, the purge. <laughs> survived the purge. It, not a lot it of those. Survived uh, the decimation. Yeah. So basically, the Runaways. Uh, I've talked about it before, but this was season two, and they are renewed for season three, which is kind of nice. Oh, so that's awesome. cool. At least they are. Uh, it leaves off on a cliffhanger, but this was a really another solid season. Um, I can't believe you guys haven't watched this show yet. I truly. I've been slacking on TV shows. Truthfully, this is a really. I think Marco, you even you and Nabil would like this one. Uh, the Runaways is about a group of teenagers that basically their parents are like villains right. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they run away, and they're just trying to stop them. It's kind of a, their adventures of kind of growing up on their own and discovering what they really can do by themselves. Uh, solid show. Other than that, I also, I don't know if you guys ever watched this one too. I think I mentioned it way, way back, but I finished the Grand Tour Season 3, which is the uh, car show on Amazon. Amazon Prime Video. It's a very cool show. Really cool. Uh, it was actually the series finale, though, for this last oh, one. Oh, they ended it? Yeah, and it was oh, really wow. emotional. Jeremy, one of the hosts on the one, yeah. I started crying. I was like, this is crazy. And they showed a little montage that lasts like 17 oh, years from Top that. Gear to That's Grand crazy. Tour. Yeah. The uh, thing is, wow. going forward now, they're going to just be doing specials for Amazon. Yeah. But the whole concept of them being in like their little tent and having a live crowd audience kind of thing so it's just going to be remote stuff and stuff yeah which i think is actually their more popular episodes because they just did an episode where they did a special and their their specials are like an hour and a half like they're really well done too like they went to mongolia and they had to like build a car from scratch and like drive it across country and i think that's actually the kind of stuff that most people actually enjoy yeah because i'm not even into cars truthfully if you guys see me i don't know a lot about them but this is a show that I watched with like my mom and dad. And yeah, a, really a lot of the people too. I know that have watched the show, like one of my good friends says that it's really cool when they do that, when they build a car and they have to go a certain destination. Yeah, or, or they each have travel. their own little, like, it's like a, it's almost like a quest in a way. Like they have to do a certain thing at a certain stop or try to get past it. And 
uh the i think the dynamic of the three main hosts basically are really well done i was really sad at first i was like oh shit it's ending but then they're like oh we're gonna do specials and stuff so it's like okay so i mean it lives on in a way but it's gonna be kind of sad not seeing them yeah do their little show because i mean they've been doing it since top gear so. i mean it was shocking when they left when you know when they kind of got let go from top gear yeah some, um, some shit went down yeah <laughs> and so i was kind of worried about that and then when the grand tour came up i was like at least they've got some kind of resurgence here yeah Um, so it was a really cool last episode though i think the episode right before it though is the mongolia special is the one i would say is the highlight of the season and it was a lot of fun watching that one are they all on amazon prime or yeah it's it's all it's amazon prime exclusive show sweet so that's a show i would definitely recommend there's three seasons of it on there and it's only like 10 to 13 episodes per season that's not bad um on top of that i also am watching cloak and dagger season two so, as I talked about a couple months back as well, Cloak and Dagger is also one of the other remaining Marvel Cinematic shows that survived the purge of mm-hmm. Netflix. I mean, basically, <laughs> all Hulu, the Netflix shows yeah. got t- taken out. So, I mean, it's actually on Freeform, but it is on Hulu. Right. So, if you want to watch all this uh, episodes on Hulu, season one, the whole season is on there. And season two, there's only three episodes right now. I'm about halfway through episode two. And once again, it's um, it's about two teenagers basically living in new orleans one of them can basically teleport anywhere and one of he's cloak and then dagger yeah. is a young lady that can create blades of light basically they've and actually it, got a really good history cloak and dagger there they do yeah there. they so really do does she have like kinetic power like gambit kind of that's pretty in cool. a way i don't want to ruin it there's a little bit more to it than that okay. they also have a really innate connection to each other which i think is the best part of the show is their relationship and them kind of growing and learning about each other. Because in the first one, they're practically strangers. Right. And in the start of season two, it's a few months after the events of season one where some big shit went down and near the end of it. And it has a really good mix of action. There's not too much action, but it is really cool because especially Cloak can... Like, he's he's damn near like Nightcrawler, right? So... Yeah. And they do really well with the uh, the special effects on that now. Especially season two. He's like going in and out and he's getting better with his powers now. So it's cool. And it's connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's pretty oh, loose compared to the other shows. Yeah. It has made mentions to actually Luke Cage. And of no, course, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So Luke Cage has a reference in there, especially because a character from there is actually in the show. So it's the first connection between any two TV shows that yeah. aren't related like that. So that's kind of a first and of course they make mentions of the avengers and shit so they always do that in all these shows yeah some some form of matter they refer it's to like the, the event safe, or it's the safe the battle bet. new york yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like oh the stuff that happened in new york like god again <laughs> so overall i really like the show the two leads are even better this time around and i'm looking forward to the rest of the season so that's what i've been watching that's pretty neat right on. yeah yeah it's a good good variety of shows that you have going on here yeah definitely a lot of marvel stuff i guess but yeah what about you marco what have you been watching i saw the 2019 film pet cemetery which is the remake of the movie of the same title from 1989 as well as the movie based off the stephen king novel yeah. of the same name yeah and, and for those of you who are not in the know it's a horror film obviously it's stephen king uh, is directed by Kevin Kolch and David Weedmer, who the only credit I saw that I recognize that they've done is Mama 2, yeah. the sequel to Mama. So I'm like, Mama oh. 2. Mama yeah, Mama first. 2, Mama the Deuce. <laughs> and this movie stars Jason Clark as Lewis, Amy Simons as Rachel, uh, Jette Lawrence as Ellie, and John Lithgow as Judd. So the premise of this movie is Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife, Rachel, relocate relocate from Boston 
To rural Maine, with their two young children, the couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. And just to let everybody know, if you go back one podcast, I did give you guys a little mini review of the 1989 version. Yeah, yeah it's uh, quite colorful, so you should definitely <laughs> yeah, check colorful. that out. Check that one. So, I'm not really going to go into the whole, like, I guess, plot of the movie since James explained it last pod. Because it's, it's the exact same plot. It's practically the same. Yeah, it's basically the same uh essentially the creed family find out that their house is near a indian burial site that reanimates the dead and as members of the family start to uh, bite the dust then slowly but surely some of them become reanimated and my thoughts on the movie is i don't praise it as high as the ratings are praying praising it i i mean it was good what's it sitting at right now I didn't look at the Rotten Tomatoes, but a lot of people are really liking it. They're really saying it's a must-watch. It's not a must-watch for me. Yeah, me and Nabil saw it. That's why. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of well. felt the same way too. And I wrote a little mini review on this one too, and it's like, mm. if anything, it's an improvement on the book. I mean, I'm sorry, the original. I never read the book, but I know that from talking both with you, James, and a few other people, that. Um, and Nabil just pulled up oh, the Rotten Tomatoes. It's fifty percent. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of buzz online about people like praising it. I don't know. Maybe it'll the, it was the early buzz. better than the original. I remember the it's, first week it was at like 80 something and yeah. then all the reviews trickled in and it started jumping low even the night we saw it. It's better than the original for sure. As far as the cinematography goes, the gore is goes from one to 11 in like a flip of a hat. It's extremely gory. Yeah, I will give it that. If we're comparing it to any other new Stephen King reboots, it's a lot gorier than it, surprisingly enough. However, I feel the story structure and the characters were presented better in it versus this. I feel like this movie uh, chooses more to try to get jump scares and try to be creepy and then everything else is secondary, which is opposite of what it did where it focuses on the characters and the horror events happen around it, which I think is a better way of writing a story. Yeah. So the the performances and acting are good. Jason Clark is great. It's kind of hard not to like him as a character in any movie. I think he just he does great. Like he, Jason Clark damn near plays the same character in every yeah. movie. He just needs a good solid film. For he's always sweat, yeah. He's the, always sweating. The little actress that plays uh, <laughs> the uh, the daughter uh, Ellie is, does a phenomenal job. I yeah. think she does a good job at uh, you know switching it up be, between her emotions and you know a few other things that I won't spoil in the movie, but. Um, Overall, I the the story I think is just a little bit sloppy, and it seemed like the ending is very much rushed. So oh, that last third of the movie is yeah. It was just I didn't like. I mean, truthfully, it, this movie differs from the novel the most out of all of them. Yes. So the 90, 1989 version is actually closer to the novel than this movie is, and I feel yeah. like they were just trying to be like, oh, we got to be a little different from this version. Um, I agree with you though. It is I, overall, it's still better, but these are not good movies overall. No, no. Really, not really. This not is a movie that, as a kid, I enjoyed a lot more because it was way scarier. I I agree. It just hasn't aged well, and truthfully, in 2019, the story itself, there's a lot that goes on. There's a subplot with her sister still, Rachel's sister, that doesn't make sense. Still, it goes away. I mean, yeah. in the book, it probably makes sense. They just added for the creep factor. Oh yeah, it's, it's just creepy. It is. Yeah, yeah I will add that the the creepiness does work at some points, uh, the, as well as some of the gore. But as the far spirit as, this time around isn't explained as well. It's like no. why did they even bring this up? 
there's a lot of stuff that's left open in this one versus the original that's explained, which I'm I'm a fan of when things aren't over explained, but I feel like this, this one needed a yeah, little Yeah, it could have right? used a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Um I don't think that anyone should rush in to see this one. If you're a fan of horror, maybe catch a matinee. If not, just it's, it's a rental at best. It's a like, box. it's it's not something that gets my nice silver approval, and I don't think these guys agree. It'll, yeah, it'll be nice to watch like on Halloween on DVD or something like that when it's out. Just just, just to get like options, man. To get something on for that's new but yeah. not necessarily it's not a movie i'm rushing to see on. again yeah. Same. uh other than that i've been catching up on a show that i've been ignoring for a while and that is ballers which is on hbo and it's a sports drama that i've talked about uh on this pod a yeah. few times and it was created by steven levinson who created the show entourage it stars uh, dwayne johnson as spencer rob cordery as joe and john david washington as ricky so I know I started to talk about season three, which is the season that I'm currently watching right now and I'm almost done with. I think I'm an episode away from finishing it. And really quick, the the whole show is about two sports agents played by Dwayne Johnson and Rob Cordry, who are trying to make a big name for themselves and trying to, I guess, get the best sports deals out there. And now they're trying to get into extreme sports in this season, as well as to more uh, college sports and that puts them at odds with the NCAA who oversee collegiate sports and primarily Spencer who's played by Dwayne Johnson is the one that's constantly clashing and there's a personal reason as to why he's doing it this season it's entertaining it's funny I feel like the statements made in this particular season are a little bit more on the nose but it makes sense if if you watch the show I'm trying not to spoil it um, the comedy is just on point. Every season is hilarious, especially because Rob Cordery just brings his his zany performance to the show, which really adds a lot of character to it. So um, if you're a fan of sports dramas, if you're a fan of Entourage, if you're a fan of any of these actors, then I highly recommend it. It's streaming on HBO. I'm pretty sure it's getting a fourth season, but don't quote me on that. Um, the other thing I've been watching, I'm going to save and hold on because it's something that I believe Nabil here is going to mention, and I want to chime on in, in on it too. So with that being said, Nabil, what have you been watching? I've mentioned this show before on the pod um, earlier this year. Uh, there's a second season of the show called Killing Eve. Um, that's starring Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. And that's, if just to remind everybody, the show's essentially about Eve, who's a bored, whip-smart security services operative who's kind of desk-bound, doesn't feel fulfilled in her job, and wants to be a spy. Villanelle, which is played by Jodie Comer. She's a talented killer who clings to a lot of luxuries and uh, is an assassin. Both of them kind of go head-to-head and they get obsessed with each other and end up playing a game of cat and mouse in kind of a typical spy action thriller, but with a little twist. This is Killing Eve. This is Killing Eve, yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you were describing the plot of Spy to me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. But it's a much much uh, darker tone in that sense. Um, I had no idea this was what the show was about, by the way. Yeah. It's a def- it's a, it's a, I thought it was a drama. It is a drama. It's a oh, long, okay. It's, it's a, like serious, though, right? It's very serious. It sounds like a zany buddy cop film at this point. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So Jodie Comer's character, Villanelle, she's an assassin, but also is a bit odd. And so she has this weird inf- infatuation over Sandra O's character. And so it does seem a bit kind of, even though she's good at her job, she's a bit, she just comes off as a little comical. Uh, She's okay. very yeah, it odd like that. in the show. Sandra O plays a pretty much straight character who is also kind of obsessed with the killer. 
uh, the assassin, but um, is, is much more serious. She's not as funny. Okay. Um, so she's playing it much more straight. Um, this show is actually now on AMC. So this is playing Sundays at 9 p.m., which I thought was surprising because it's actually a BBC show and was only on BBC America uh, initially. Oh, okay. um, and the first season, uh, the second season just started last week. And um, the one of the great things about this show is that the, you don't know where it's really going. It It is very dark and somber tone but as uh as james likes to say um sandra o is very sandra oe in this show so she once again <laughs> she kind of plays the same yeah character she's and she it. is she's playing the same character but this time it actually works like is she like, believable as a she, person that wants to be an agent she is because she's really struggling with it she doesn't want to be but mm, she's really okay. obsessed with the assassin so that's the whole drive for her is that she just really wants to, yeah. to catch this person and you she goes through a lot of trauma in the show uh just because she's not exposed to um a lot of the the violent and gruesome deaths that are going Death on over there yeah so she, that's part of her thing but she's very smart like she's got very good reason of deduction and can kind of uh, notice things that most people don't and that's part of the reason why she's been tapped to do this work but she doesn't expect that villanelle which is the assassin takes an interest to her and is really more like playing around with her and chasing her around and, and teasing her and making things harder and so it's kind of gets up being like like a mind fuck essentially for nice. her yeah um, i've heard nothing but good things about the show so. very interesting show if you're inter- interested in thrillers um or just kind of like espionage shows essentially this is this is very much that the other show that i've been watching and i feel like we've all seen is uh the new season of game of thrones so the new season aired last sunday on hbo it's the last season uh season eight only going to be six episodes, and it'll finally finish out the whole series. There's going to be some prequels. Eventually, George R. R. Martin will finish his two books. Yeah, which sure. will veer differently from, <laughs> different from, from the, the show. from the direction yeah. of the TV show. We should be living on Mars by the time those get done. Yeah, probably. But um, <laughs> the show, the show came back amazing. I mean, I, it's, I it's it a great, great setup. It's it's typical yeah. episode one for the seasons. If you've watched it, where it mm-hmm. kind of sets up the the series and where they're going to go. For the rest of the season, introducing characters. And but everything. I think they it did it better, especially since they're limited as far as how many episodes they're going to do this season. I was telling James that they they really went in straight with what they're going to talk about and what the themes are going to be. Whereas in the previous seasons, because there were going to be future episodes, they would take their time. And a lot of the information that was presented in this first episode were, were things that you would probably expect like later right. down the road in other seasons, which I really liked. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's take the gloves off and let's just let's just go for it. Yeah, and that, you know, I think that the nice thing about this is that they didn't waste too much time of trying trying to drag out some exposition that they needed to like in the next episode or something because they're very limited. They're like, we're just going to give you everything you need to know this season, and then we're going to move the plot forward um, the next few episodes, which is very similar to last season too, right. and the season before. Yeah, yeah, which this, are the seasons were not based on a existing novel, basically. So that's why the pacing has increased on these, which truthfully I wish they had done for the beginning. So. Me too. It, I think it's something that everyone's kind of want, like complained about, nitpicked in in past seasons. Right. Yeah. But I think like I think you told me once, James, that now that they're free from the novels, they can change things Spread up their and, wings and, a bit, and yeah, yeah, and actually like adjust that to not slow us down throughout the seasons. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to lead up to some big things in the season, um, and definitely going to be fulfilled. I feel like you're going to be satisfied whether you hate yeah. it or not you're gonna feel some kind of satisfaction at the end of the series yeah i would try not not to spoil it for you guys which is why we're being super vague because we know there's probably 
quite a few of you that haven't seen it yet but if you haven't i'd say definitely catch up it does i will add that it does help to watch the previous season before this yeah, because definitely. there's so many events that occur leading up to this and i i was going to mention this in my my segment of what i've been watching but i marathon the whole seventh season oh, really? leading up to this and All so right. events were a little bit fresher and a lot of the things that occurred in this first episode made more sense to me because some people were discussing, oh, why did this happen? Why did that happen? And I was like, well, if you remember this episode <laughs> in season seven, you know, as I adjust my nerd glasses, I'm again, I'm very excited for this season. It's going to be sad to see it go, but I feel like it's had its run. Yeah, it's going to be good. Awesome. Let's go into what's in the news. What's in the news? So. There's been a lot of news this uh, last couple weeks, but the biggest news and the thing we care most about is the final, finally the uh, announcement of the title of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We'll always be with you. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> So this movie is going to be the last one of the supposed Skywalker saga. So it's going to finish out all essentially three trilogies at this point. Yeah. Um, there's still going to be some spinoffs. Supposedly. Uh, supposedly two new tr- trilogies. And at this time, no side one-offs. But there's going to be some TV shows, of course. Yeah. So a lot of very big shoes to fill to end this whole thing and and cap off everything from start to finish. So we got the trailer over uh, the weekend. Mm -hmm. And guys, what did you think about that? I thought it was really cool. Um, It hyped me up a lot more. But I mean, every Star Wars trailer gets me excited, to tell you the truth. As much as I didn't like The Last Jedi, you know, it's one of those movies that I think maybe multiple viewings I'll probably enjoy it a lot more. But... No, I'm I'm hopeful on this one. It looks cool. The the reveal of the characters and the shots they showed seemed like it's going to be a fun movie. So, I agree. I'm it definitely made me more excited. Yeah. I because I was very indifferent about it. I was like, I don't know. I don't really care at this point because we don't know what direction they're going to go. But the the one thing that Star Wars does always have is good trailers. Yeah. So for sure, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also excited to hear that they're actually, before they even do any other movies, they're going to take a hiatus from some of the movies, which is yeah, cool. Kinda so let the I'm like, grow. yeah, let it breathe. Yeah. But I liked what I saw so far. So what did you guys think about the space glue, uh, from Kylo Ren putting his helmet back to see it? That's just JJ Abrams saying <laughs> Ryan Johnson stopped fucking shit up. So he's like, let me fix this. Let me fix a couple of things. Like, look at the title for God's sake. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. What do you think it means? He's, he's Jesus. Somebody's well, a Skywalker, I, I, probably. No, I don't think it means that. I, th- I think it means that that the send off for Luke is going to be a lot better than him just staring out into the sun and disappearing. Yeah. He's definitely going to come back as a Force I mean, Ghost, right? He's narrating the trailer as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm assuming he is. I I don't even think the Emperor is coming back. I don't think so. Either. I think it's a flashback or a hologram or. I mean, it looks like they're at the wreckage of the Death Star at the end, too, right. in the trailer. So maybe so, something to do with that. Maybe well, you guys remember Battlefront 2, right? Yeah. That's canon, and we saw how the Emperor quote unquote returned there. So I'm assuming that I wouldn't be surprised if they use something like that, like a like a holocron or a droid that has a pre-recorded message from Palpatine himself. Could could happen. I think it's I think 
it is smart to include Palpatine in this film in the sense that it's a good bookend. It? Well, it's a good connection because he's been I mean, like we, the overarching villain. We have no villain. idea what it has to Yeah, do, we don't so. know how yeah, what capacity he's going to be a part of it. But the fact that he's somehow in this film bookends it from start to finish that he's kind of been there manipulating the Skywalkers and, you know, trying to, to find the perfect apprentice at this point. Yeah, Nothing so. can outmatch his performance of saying unlimited power in the prequels, okay? <laughs> Especially so. that face. Yeah. Prune face. <laughs> but, you know, um, I'm going into it with an open mind. I'll see, you know, what happens and how they're going to bookend everything. And hopefully it's a film that I end up enjoying. Yeah. Yeah, I got faith in J.J. Abrams, so... Yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be really good. And either way, like you guys said, Force Awakens was very fun when it came back. Like that was, yeah. especially since coming back from the prequels and having to see what we had to, to watch. Like they weren't the worst, but could have been much better. And Force Awakens was. And I'm yeah. assuming that it'll he, be. He wasn't left for... with an easy job either. He's got to answer the questions both from Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Yeah. And for an entire saga, so it's like it's like you know, good luck, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> so big task. <laughs> Well, he doesn't uh, no, finish it, his trilogy, so... It, it does make me yeah. a little bit excited that he got to consult George Lucas himself for yeah, the script, which is pretty cool. Good. So yeah, we'll, I mean, I think he was down as a consultant in episode 7, too, and then... Oh, for sure. That didn't mean much, so... True. I wouldn't hold my breath on that, guys. Well, George Lucas did love Last Jedi. It's like, I loved it, right? Yeah. It, I think one of the notes film. he gave J.J. too was to bring Jar Jar back. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Oh, actually, it would be kind of cool. <laughs> I feel like, I think you are, we're gonna see even more quote unquote secret characters when we watch this movie in eight months. Oh yeah, I mean it's too easy to it's too early to speculate on what's gonna happen, but true. I mean there's early hype was cool. We were gonna it's the only a teaser we saw too, so right. I mean so we'll probably get one more trailer. trailer. All the yeah. TV spots, everything hyping up. We have a long time before this film starts. For all we know, Kylo yeah. isn't the one that dons the helmet either. There are the knights right out there, so that's true. That's true. I mean, on top of that, Kylo is technically a Skywalker, right? So yeah, yeah, he's half. Hmm. Yes. Mysterious, but yeah, that's Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's coming out this Christmas, and we will have a review on that as long as this, unless you know, unless this podcast breaks up by then. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, we'll. <laughs> But share your thoughts with us. Let us know what you think about it. It'll the just be trailer. me in a garage with one <laughs> microphone. Hey guys, a live Marco. stream. But yeah, let us let us know. Let us know what you think. I, I know a lot of you guys reached out to us individually already too. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are excited about this. So a little last part here, guys. We want to discuss this since uh, we used to do a lot of these movie club things. Not so much anymore. No. Marco and I jumped onto Cinemia a couple months back. We told you about that one. This was one where we could buy tickets ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Very similar to how MoviePass used to be before MoviePass stabbed us in the back <laughs> and just stopped working. Well, guess what, guys? Cinemia does not work anymore either for the dun, most dun, part. Dun. Their app's been down for a couple weeks. They keep saying they're fixing it. They charged us double time and all this and, crap. And they're apparently canceling some subscribers for no reason. randomly. Yeah, and no I, reason. I mean, people are getting canceled on this thing, and it's like a, um, oh, because you uh, what against the rules of what we how we do shit or something like that and it's like what I didn't even use this yeah <laughs> I uh, I know for me personally I have four passes you never gonna that they charged me already for it too four passes that I haven't used yet can that, you use them no <laughs> the, the the screen keeps refreshing you yeah. hit you tap on the movie it's still showing it's... Bohemian Rhapsody as a new movie oh, so yeah. that should give you a heads up where's that playing. So, <laughs> so I think it's it's safe to say that they're going the route of movie, movie pass, pass to where yeah. they've burned out all their freaking cash and assets, and they're probably well, going under. Mind you, movie pass <laughs> has had a small resurgence. 
they're they're doing their subscriptions again and they're and i and i understand that movie pass is set up where now you have to do it on certain days or something like that they've been very clear about what they have not that it's any better but no it still would be inconvenience trying to watch a movie because as you guys know we like to watch movies usually thursday night so that we get it done and Mm -hmm. we usually record on a friday or we've do it on a Monday or Tuesday kind of thing. So yeah. it's fresh. It's ready for you guys. It would be much harder if we could only see a movie the following Wednesday and <laughs> right. give you something two weeks after it came out. Yep. Or not sure if we're even going to do that movie because Movie Pass or whatever yeah. service we use is like, right. nope, sorry, I can't use that in that movie. Because for instance, Cinemia fucked me over big time. Oh, I had yeah, four, four or five <laughs> oh, of them shit. left. And then they charged me double for one month. And then I, I actually thought signing up for a year would fix the issue. And then they charged me. So I just told my bank it was fraud. So with, a, <laughs> so. with a customer service system that makes AT&T look like the best ever. So, which yeah. is a bold statement. It well, was, it was bad. The theater apps are really good, though. The Cinemark uh, Movie Club, that's what I'm using, is really that's good. That's what yes. we've been using, too. AMC so. is also good. I don't... Uh, use that but i hear that still the best value overall yes i'll be moving to amc soon tell you the truth the amc what is it the stubs a list a list sorry stubs is just a normal club thing so that'll be one i'll be using sooner because i'll be closer to an amc theater and damn i might just do it just to do it man yeah three movies a week you can't really uh you know because do those also roll forward I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't quote me on that one. But, but I know the so Cinemark does. Yeah, Cinemark's been pretty cool. Yeah. And regardless, I know it's only one free movie a month, but they the fact over, that your tickets are only eight ninety nine. That is my yeah. biggest savior on that because the one movie a month is great, but really it's the fact that your ticket will always be eight ninety nine. And then yes. what was it? Twenty percent off. And you get twenty percent off concessions, concessions. So and also the retail money. stuff. So when they sell T-shirts, hats, collectibles. Yeah. You get twenty percent off of that too. Plus they're, they send coupons yeah. too. Their reward system isn't that intuitive i not i still it's can't better it now out. though is they it? just recently updated their app so redeeming it it's much easier by the way it's it does roll out. forward too so if yeah. by any chance there's a slow month but there's no movie or you don't go out to the theaters you get that ticket rolled forward so you get two yeah. months it's, it's like cool. what's the shitty thing about it yeah. cinemark doesn't have imax they only have their version have called the xd, XD yeah. which is not as good but it's not bad yeah. and and i will say i know you guys have been my test dummies for a lot of the the special apps don't do cinema <laughs> but only um, me and marco did <laughs> stop it's, right it's now, kind yeah, of please. like james had mentioned before that it it's really makes no sense but i mean because the, the way to look at are it making money and they have the direct connection they've already got the infrastructure the is, it's just very easy for them to use which yeah which makes more sense because that's why mc is like hey we didn't have anybody here on a tuesday anyway so this is free money basically because people yeah. but they're gonna yeah, probably buy concessions right? yeah which is where they're making most of their money from anyway yeah, yeah. and even if discounted they, tickets you're definitely yeah. gonna buy a hot dog or popcorn and the thing is still even though me and marco basically aren't gonna be using cinema more than likely right now obviously yeah uh we still got a good six months out of it right yeah, you got what you could out of it because if you break it down without as much movies even I mean, movie pass was amazing by the way yeah Nothing oh, will top really Yeah, nothing will ever We top calculated that how much money we saved on Movie Pass. It was fucking insane. Yeah. It was like thousands of dollars. Like we've seen, we've, at Incredible. one point I think we saw every movie just because like it's free. Of yeah, course. dude, we did. There yeah, was one week where we just saw a movie basically every day. Yeah, we're like, we're like fuck dude, it, let's just see it. Yeah. Like which one have we seen? Oh, I guess. But those were the glory days, right? So yeah. And then on top of that, Cinemia, we still saw a pretty. Decent I saw Black Panther three times on Movie Pass <laughs> for free. Yeah, so, Movie Pass and these ones worked, but. Once again, their business model just wasn't smart. No. Which we we actually called out initially as well and said that we're gonna milk it until we can't. So oh yeah, it got to the did. point where it's like this is not gonna work eventually because it does not make any no. sense. So it's just gonna be uh, Cinemark and Matinees for me. So. <laughs> 
I mean, if you also have the ability, I would say like AT and T. You have the AT and T promotions on Tuesday. The Friends yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, so you can buy one, get one free. So I mean, Tuesdays are already quote unquote the cheaper days too. Yeah, because so, even Adam got rid of their C three movies. You get one free. They don't have that anymore. Yeah, it was a so timed sad. promotion, I guess, which was wow. awesome at the time. Yeah, by it way. was because you could use that with uh, <laughs> Cinemia. Yeah. And oh my god. Up. So you could actually be uh, like, oh, I got one in the chamber, you know, just to <laughs> get ready for a bigger movie. But we'll we'll report to you guys if we find anything new. As of right now, there's nothing nothing too crazy, I think. Uh, it's back to a little drawing board. Yeah, it's back to just kind of strategically doing it, buying it ahead of time. Just Unless, you know, up. AMC decides to build a theater in Solano County. You know, that'd be great. It'd be just nice saying. if, uh, like, Edwards or the Brendan Theater chain started something, too. They should. The Red like Theater would be nice. I'm shocked Regal do doesn't have something anything. though. Regal, I'm sure they're, something they're big enough too. Yeah. That's sort of, I, I've seen more Regals than Brendan's. Like yeah, even so like even if they were to do something that's twenty bucks a month and it only includes two tickets, that's still a bargain. I mean, they've got a great what point we do, especially yeah. you get some good stuff off of that stuff. So I will say yes, Regal does have the better rede- redemption for points out of any of the theater systems, yeah. mm-hmm. which is cool. And then I think AMC would probably be second because yeah. theirs is pretty easy too, especially if you're using stubs. Yeah, especially with stubs, if you guys use that, you can also get your fees online. Which no is, you know, my favorite thing, because I hate those freaking fees. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's like, hey, thanks, Fandango, for the dollar forty-five or some shit. So, yeah. <laughs> it sucks. As of right now, we're kind of back to the drawing board. Or if you guys find anything new, let us know. Yeah, let, let us know on social media. Yeah, someone's like, I'll sell you guys tickets. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are <laughs> you scalping legal. us? <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on now to our review of the new comic book film, Hellboy. On an island off the coast of Scotland, something was summoned from the depths of hell. Something that would end mankind. And this uh, thing you worried about, did it show up? Oh, yes. You did. We face every threat there is, and yet you take me in. Hello, son. You made me a goddamn weapon. Where's my fucking violin? Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Out there, there's a fifth century sorceress who wants to bring down the curtain on London and the world. Great. Homework. All right, guys, so the IMDb description of Hellboy is based on the graphic novels by Mike Mignola. Hellboy, caught between the worlds of the supernatural and human battles, an ancient sorceress bent on revenge. This is directed by Neil Marshall. He did The Descent in 2005, Doomsday in 2008, and Centurion in 2010. He's also done a lot of TV shows, too, single-shot episodes and such. Uh, this stars Mila Jovovich as Numiu, the Blood Queen, Ian McShane as Professor Broom, David Harbour as Hellboy, Daniel Day Kim as Major Ben Dymo, and Sasha Lane as Alice Monaghan. So I'm going to start with you there, Nabil, a yay or nay? Nay. Hard name. Yeah, was, that was the quickest yeah. nay I've ever heard from Nabil in my life. Was not into it when yeah. I saw the trailer. Was less into it when I started watching it. Marco's frothing at the mouth. Marco, <laughs> what do you think about this one? Fucking hard nay. It, it, yeah. This movie was atrocious. That's, Yeah. This was bad. It's bad. This was bad. I'm going to say nay, too. So we did a triple threat there, all three of us. <laughs> um, definitely not the Movie Pal seal of approval. Nope. So next week, we're going to be reviewing... No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I really, I wish we could just stop there, but we'll give you why. I mean, there is not a lot of redeeming qualities this one. I would say that this movie had potential. Like, Marco and I were talking about this. I saw this with Marco. Nabil saw it separately because he just didn't want to make the trip. He made the best decision of his life there (laughs) to not have to travel to go see this movie. We know who was the smarter pal for this one. Yeah. so. So, the problem, I'm going to just start it out right here. What didn't work and what did work, right? Yeah. Not a lot works for this movie. No. It's almost, it's funny because it's almost a step back from the previous ones. This is a complete reboot of the Hellboy uh, movie franchise, at least, True. based on the comics. Um, I remember going into the originals and yeah. just coming out fully entertained and joined, enjoyed every second of it. I, I think okay. that the, the story was good. The, the arc of the characters was good. And this movie, this version, I felt like it had no no identity, no direction, and very messy. It was just it, very messy. The plot in this movie moves at a pace that it just seems like it was a jumble of scenes shot together. Like, hey, this might look cool. And they make a lot of references to, th- to events that never are shown on screen that they kind of just assume you understand. All right. A lot of telling no showing oh it's a ton of telling it's like you see characters that have a relationship with hellboy and you're supposed to just kind of roll with it i guess at some parts it looks like the budget uh ran out halfway through production because some of the cg looks like ambitious i want to talk about that during spoilers yeah there's a specific event i'm like this is terrible yeah some scenes where you could definitely tell were green screened like some of the cgi's i'm like wow is this done like on a pc from 2000 like this well, is bad they they had a lot of subplots because like james said they they tried to slap everything together and say this will look cool when they really should have said let's focus on these two things and then maybe if we have a sequel we'll focus on these two. there's a yeah. lot of like side things that it's like we're gonna just tease this a little bit oh this happened don't worry about their history though we're just gonna uh, move forward to the and, next and thing. look i'm i'm not one to be against violence in a movie but when you have hyper violence just for the sake I, of violence i was surprised how with much no like there's there's just no purpose to it it's just like look we're being violent because we're rated r you're just flexing your your movie rating like that that has no purpose and it has no taste and it just looks just absolutely absurd i'm like i get it if you're a b movie and that's what you're going for or it almost TV had movie. that vibe though truly. yeah but it just it didn't seem to work but they didn't own movie. it that's the thing if you want to be yes. a b movie you're going to own that campiness there was moments where they're trying to be a little funny with itself and not take itself seriously did the humor work but, for you at all there the honestly no i didn't i didn't find a lot of it like they were trying to be funny but it just wasn't like the the only scene that i can say was was funny to me that i i enjoyed and uh Alyssa, my wife enjoyed as well was the scene where you get introduced with hellboy and his father and there's like a shower scene and it's a little comical the riff between them for a moment it's just on. weird for me man yeah. Well, he was like shaving his horn or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, that was like, weird. Okay. And then, then they showed his that, back hair. Yeah, and, and then I was like, okay, that's a bit. Funny. I was actually I laughing that he had back hair. Yeah, that's Me what too. I laughed at too. I know. I think the exchange between Hellboy and his and his dad, Professor Broom, I think that that worked. I I chuckled at some parts like I, that his because quips, I, they his did his best quips they could with the dialogue. Those are the things that I yeah. liked. You can say his little quips are good. It's but I just kept like. David Harbour was actually not bad. Yeah. I'll say that much, if anything. He he did the best he could with what he had. You could tell, too. Mm -hmm. But I kept comparing him to Ron Perlman. I'm like, man, Ron Perlman just did this way better than him. Yeah. Which is strange. So, I mean... He was much more intimidating, too, as a Hillboy, I think. True. And truthfully, have you looked at the the makeup between the two? I'm like, did they take a step back on this? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) 
so, Marco, you already kind of told us like how you felt about the original ones. Uh, what's your history with the original Hellboy 2004 and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army 2008, Nabil? Honestly, it's been such a long time since I've seen them. I can't yeah. remember too much. I do remember the the one thing and that this is a testament to Guillermo del Toro was that the monsters just look so much cooler very pan's um, labyrinth like yeah. especially in the second movie by the and way. a little creepier too which i like because they're supposed yep. to be which know, is strange too because they're this is those two movies are rated pg-13 right and they actually utilize kind of the cinematography and the creature design a lot better than this movie and the story structure is better too oh. there, there's enough Hands explanation down, and enough uh, visuals that you can you can tell like what kind of story is trying to tell you can see where the plot is going better it, villains too yeah truthfully. it's edited a lot better too and the dynamics between the characters are better it didn't it doesn't seem or or yeah it doesn't seem as awkward as this because movie. i don't know if you guys remember but in the first hellboy they he is partnered up with people that he has history with already, but yeah. they do a lot more showing than telling in that one, which is better than this one because this one is like, let's get the team together somehow. And oh, I'm they like, just dude, I don't care about any of these guys. Every time they introduce a new character or a side kind of character thing, all of a sudden, like fifteen minutes into introducing that character, exposition dump about their whole background. Oh, out of nowhere, yeah. right? Yeah, just, it just comes in, and they did it like for three characters, and it's like, oh, okay. So we'll talk about that in spoilers it. too, because yeah. I want you to come back to it's that. A better time, like time reference in the originals too. Whereas this one, they go from location to location oh, to location, and I'm just. Well, like, I told you, I was like, dude, dude, was he in Mexico? They went straight yeah. to yeah, out of nowhere, <laughs> and they they do it in such a shitty way to explain it. Like, oh, let's knock out Hellboy. He goes, he goes unconscious. Big white he wakes up and up front. This is where we are now yeah and i'm like uh, New uh, York. okay yeah. all right <laughs> like i understand that doing that once but doing that every time you travel I'm it's like, almost right, funny kind of like i wonder how he's gonna get knocked out to go to the next place now yeah i can i can <laughs> see maybe that was trying to be a joke about the movie but it wasn't executed that good too uh, i don't yeah. know sometimes this movie feels like it wants to be serious when it's especially talking about like uh like, for instance, it starts with, uh, with the King Arthur story, right? And right. Even right there, it's just ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with some of the shittiest dialogue I've ever heard. I, yeah. some, I mean, I don't know if it's because they're retelling a tale, and then they're showing, like, Milo Jovovich's head has been chopped off and shit, and, I mean, this uh, it's not a spoiler, I guess. Don't I worry about I it. Almost it's the cho- <laughs> Yeah, I almost chuckled when And I can't she believe talks. she's still talking. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so like, stupid. Oh, not to mention, the CG is terrible. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this looks really bad. Is this a movie from 2003? Versus the originals where the bad guys were actually looked at as creepy and, and kind intimidating. Of scary. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. this this is more like a joke. And again, if that's what they were going for, it didn't Once work. again, I will say, though, I have not really read a Hellboy comic. Right? I, I've never read one. So I don't know if that's kind of the tone of all the Hellboy comics. Is it supposed to be kind of a goofier, creepier kind of thing? Because I mean, just the fact that his name is Hellboy is kind of, kind of weird. Right? But he, even still, sometimes we've all discussed this on this pod that some things in the comics or in the books don't translate well on film. Oh, so you have to adjust them a little bit so that you. And they couldn't have been banking that your only fans would be the ones like, oh, I yeah. can't wait, right? I'm like, there's. Not I think as they were many. trying to find their kind of like Deadpool, especially leaning into the rated R side of it. Because if you really think about it, they should have stuck with the PG-13 to get a bigger audience for this film as well. If That's they were true, to make it mainstream. I didn't yeah. even know it was rated R until we, the day of, by yeah. the way. But even still, like, oh, if sure. they were trying to get the attention of the comic book fans, I mean, it was like at, what, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes? So, obviously, fans yeah, of the comic yeah. went to go see it, and even they were disappointed in it. So I'd love, Yeah, I'd love to hear a perspective of not, someone Not that I always agree it. with Rotten Tomatoes. We've talked about that on this pod before. But, but I mean, when it's, it's a, but when it's 11% yeah. or even less, you have to kind of 
take it into yeah. consideration, like, right? Oh, yeah. There's a difference between a movie that's rated like 70%. Then you can be like, okay, that's up for discussion. Yeah. But if it's in the the teens, yeah. For, so for, for instance, like that's when you got to be like, okay, maybe this movie does fucking suck. Yeah. Um, let's get into the spoilers, guys. Let's let's uh, nick this thing in the butt, okay? Let's just uh, if you guys don't want to, uh, if you guys want to see this movie, I don't guess. Don't listen to this part. I would highly recommend you listen to this part still. Yeah. For and once, that, this it, is my only time I've ever said listen to the spoilers. Even though, yeah, because I can't, I really can't sit with a straight face and recommend this movie to anybody. Yeah, I wouldn't I, want to put you through. It's two time. hours, by the way. Yeah. So many better films to watch right now. Dude, there were times where I were, we were we were looking like, what what time is it? I was like, how much is more time? Over yet? Yeah, there was actually a point where halfway through the film, I didn't realize halfway. I thought there was like pretty close to ending. I was like, nope, there's 40 more minutes. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, man, this is this is a bit more. So yeah. uh, here we go. All right, so we're in the spoiler section. Now, Bill, I want to talk about the characters coming up here. Yeah. Because we'll talk about the, the ending shit in, in a little bit. Major Ben Dymo, by the way. Daniel Day Kim plays him, which is, this was a kind of a controversy about a year ago. They originally they originally got the guy that played Ajax in Deadpool was going to be this character. Yeah. But because this guy is pre- predominantly an Asian character, they, he actually stepped down, which is actually really good. That's cool. I mean, or he read the script, basically, I think, too. <laughs> so he... Uh, Daniel Day Kim came in to do the role, so he's an Asian actor playing an Asian role, which is cool. But his character, not so much. I don't think this is a no. character. This is, seems like a tacked on. All the characters his, seem tacked on. His too. first half of when you when you meet him, I'm like, I don't know about this guy. I don't like him. He's a piece of crap. Why is he in the sim? Is he bad or good? I don't know. At the end of it, I was like, okay, I kind of liked him. I was like, why didn't you just make him seem like a smart aleck kind of guy instead of seeming like a bad guy? Do you guy, guys guy remember the Nintendo game Cheetah Men? From no, the NES. No, no. He looks just like one of them. If he was wearing a tank top, I would have been like, he's going to get a trademark. <laughs> <laughs> you mean uh, with the CG graphics not even meant for a TV commercial? No, oh, it was, it was bad. bad. It was yeah. bad. Not to mention, too, his British accent comes in and out. Mm-hmm. Yes, it you does. You guys notice that? Mm-hmm. I, I thought, this is an example real quick yeah. of where they do a lot of show, uh, a lot of telling, not showing. Yeah. I literally was like, there's no way they're going to show a flashback, right? Yeah. And then flashback. <laughs> they split and it, and like, the most awkward time, wow. they're in the ship, flying somewhere, and then he's just all yeah, of a sudden exposition. Toward the climax of the movie, they're like, yeah. by the way, you want to know about his backstory? This Here is you go. That is poor like, story structure. Oh, okay. And in regards to his character, that's like just a consequence of the script. The script is just bad. His lines were bad, too. Yeah. I didn't care what happened to him. Yeah, nope. neither did I. I'm like, okay. Is he, I mean, I'm assuming he's a bigger character in the, the comic books, maybe? I, it was hard for me to relate to any character, even like with Hellboy. And I'm like, he's the main star. And I'm like, I don't really care. And especially like Alice played by Sasha Lane. I, dude, she annoyed the shit out of me actually, man. The, the quote unquote psychic. Yeah. Also that shot out the spirit that looked like it was from 1998. It looked the, like a colon coming the, out yeah, of the freaking throat. I'm like, what, me that is bit. fucking disgusting. <laughs> so it, couldn't it have just been like fumes or something like spirited like it was like the worst cg i've like seen in a long time yeah Yeah. right it looked bad and and especially when ian mcshane's character at the end is like exploding i was like this looks so bad (laughs) he's trying to have a heart-to-heart talk with his son i'm like i can't take this serious i really can't take this serious i was like why are they playing this on a playstation one right now (laughs) what the fuck is going on i'm pretty sure resident evil one had better graphics but 
Uh, going into that though, the 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 fight scene. You want to talk about that? I want to first before we get to that. I don't think right. Mila Jovovich should act anymore. No. She, I will tell you, she tried to embrace this character as as Mila Jovovich does. She apparently does that in all her movies, yeah. by the way. But I mean, she's just not very personable, and like the pig character. Yeah, which I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. I forgot his name too. Pig guy, Bebop, Bebop, Rocksteady. <laughs> so, turtles. Yeah, he. It's almost like he. In the beginning, he's the guy that is finding her body parts to put her back together because he wants to be. I mean, he wants maybe to kill a, a human. I guess no, he wants to kill Hellboy. Because yeah, he, Hellboy, he wants to be human, yeah. Because Hellboy called him out and found out that he was a changeling, which yeah. leads to Alice's stuff. You see how fucking mess this movie is? Yep. Marco brought it up to me on the way here as well. Why didn't he just make him the bad guy? He could have easily just been a bad guy. He, Wasn't he? he had, she could have yeah, been more overarching almost, villain. He was more evil. He w- he made more of an impact throughout he the movie. He killed hella people. When yeah. he ate the tongue, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is kind of cool. He was menacing. And he actually, he had, even though the, the, the reason or the purpose was stupid, it was still like a reason or purpose. There was no motivation for, what was her name? Zimu? Zim, Zime? Nimu. Nimu, whatever the fuck her name the is. I don't even queen. care about this character. The Blood Queen. Like there, there was no motivation. There was nothing to make you care about what she did. But then you have more backstory from the pig character, and it has a, to a point, a better payoff at the end. It probably would have had an even better payoff if he was the primary focus. Right. Because I mean, the, the like Nabil was talking about subplots too. Like they have the creature, the Baba Yaga, which is a creepy looking. It's basically the sister from Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I'm I don't just going to say that, that was pretty creepy. That is mouth, creepy. Was creepy. That is the funniest part to me is when they, they kiss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, but once again, it was just kind of gross. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, mm, Which I didn't even understand her whole thing because it opens with some plot. Once again, and she then, has an event yeah, that happened like, off screen, going probably in the that. comics, yeah. where yeah. Hellboy took her eye and she's seeking revenge too. And she's kind of like... She's in a house on chicken feet, too. I mean, I'm assuming that's straight from the comics. I'm assuming that, too. And then he kind of gets... Did nothing How did for he me get though. pulled to a different dimension? Nobody knows. Oh, never explained Can't that. she do that all the time? I, I want to say all the uh, CG graphics budget went to that scene, though. <laughs> that's it. I think that was practical effects with her, A lot though, of it, right? I think, was practical Damn. effects. I don't think any... I mean, there's probably the tongue and shit, probably. But, yeah. And then the house moving was probably just a set, I'm assuming, right? But I mean, from the outside, you see it on the, with the oh, chicken yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Which oh, actually this, looked okay, by the way. That part looked okay. And also, I think the city part at the end, and also when Hellboy is in full demon mode. Yeah. That, that was, was pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. But before but, we get to that, let's, the let's fight scene. Let's talk about scene. that fight. Oh, God. Um, you're talking about the fight scene between Hellboy and the pig character. No, no, no. The three giants. Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. Sorry. Because the Hellboy and the pig thing, decent fight. Yeah. So there that's the scene. There's a scene in early on in the movie where Hellboy is basically kind of tasked by the Osiris Club, which is where the whole to, plot starts to change. <laughs> actually, up until that point I said this could be this could be decent. Yeah. yeah. And then it started when they're uh in their armor suits and mm-hmm. on horses, I said, "When did this become a TV series on right. a sci-fi channel?" <laughs> Don Quixote. Holy shit, right? Hellboy wakes up to find that well, he's been betrayed and he has to fight three giants, right? Yes. Yeah. And it looks so bad. I th- it almost looks unfinished. You can almost see the black outlines. Like uh, <laughs> it looked like fucking Luke Skywalker fighting the Rancor from Return of the Jedi. Yep, <laughs> back in '83. Uh, so I mean, it looked bad. Yeah, I I was laughing not because of the comical parts of the scene, 
but because it just looks so fucking stupid. I thought you were laughing because I ate a whole bag of pistachios and <laughs> underneath my chair. Because I could hear the shells through the yeah. noise. Not the one scene. fuck given by me that yeah. night. I'm on keto and I was like, you know what? Fuck this place. And I just kept throwing the shells on the ground. Wow. Somebody works there. But yeah, that uh, <laughs> just gave him something to do. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. The, yeah, the, the green screen just. Was made... your theater full in the bill? Oh no, I was looking there around. There was like nine of us tops. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting it to be. I thought it was going to be so hard. We got there early. Nope. That, was a, that was the first time it was going to be bad. I mean, aside from the Rotten Tomatoes score. But man, uh, nothing was, at least to my opinion, nothing was as bad as that fucking scene. It was just... It was bad. It was I will say a scene I did like, and I think Nabil can agree with me, is... It's also a scene you can see in the trailers. When Hellboy uh, pulls out Excalibur from the stone and he throws his horns back and he's the flames going yeah that's i will say that's probably the best looking scene in the entire movie yeah that's where they spent their money on yeah that's all the flame and everything it looked cool i like the scene where uh where merlin gives him excalibur and he has that vision i was like this looks pretty epic is this really gonna happen i was like nope (laughs) once again a scene that did not need to happen too nope that was just like, okay, but, I guess Merlin's alive. Going back to what you said, James, uh, the fight against the pig, that was actually a pretty decent fight scene. Yeah, Not bad. Like, and I mean, yeah. it actually uses all the characters except Alice because she's worthless. So like Major <laughs> yeah. Ben, Dymo, once again, is he turns into his Cheetah Man version. All right. And he basically just, he, and he finally kind of embraces it because he's been taking like Medicaid. It, it's it's super hinted at in the entire, yeah. they don't do a good Why job. Why does he of, keep like, shooting himself? Why does he oh. have scars on his face? Yeah. I wonder if he was, I thought he was a werewolf. Why is he juicing throughout the fucking movie, know, you know? Yeah. But like, even because even the fight with Nimue was just completely like, Truthfully, underwhelming. Was there a fight with Nimue? I don't remember. I mean, right? He kind of just get, says no and just stabs her. Right? Yeah. yeah. He cuts, cuts no, her. Nothing happens. I'm like, Truthfully, there was so much buildup and no payoff. How many days ago we see this? We saw Thursday. It's been five days? I barely remember it. Four days. I forgot about it like the next day. I actually forgot we saw this movie. That's how forgettable this movie is, folks. This is how much we're telling you, please don't don't waste your time. But I'm going to bring up a little ending here. So, Ape Sapien, which is a character that was predominantly featured in the Hellboy 2004 and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army 2008, is shown in a little cameo appearance, his arm popping up at a sequel that probably will never happen. No. Uh, what did you guys think about that? I didn't care. Neither I didn't care either. Truthfully, it was kind of cool in a way because... It was a nice nod. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, cool. If they make a sequel, they'll have the fish guy from Shape of Water. But, you know, it didn't happen. He looked bigger, too, actually. His little did. arm came up. That was yeah. like, cool. And then apparently the ending part with Baba Yaga at the end of the credits is a scene about Koshi the Deathless, who is a character that's... In the comics. So once again, very much like Shazam had a bad guy that not a lot of us would have known. This was aimed solely at like comic book fans of Hellboy would probably know who they're talking about. If this movie had been done right. Yeah. So once again, this would not be someone I would be like, oh my God, I can't wait. What's going on here? I thought the mid credit scene with the... um, the lobster guy was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Lobster Johnson? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. I was like, means, did you stay after the credits like, or did you not? I did. I did. Lobster dude, Johnson. lines yeah, were just ridiculously bad. I thought it was funny because he is actually in the comics. I looked it up and I guess he is kind of like that glintzy kind of like, he, he'd be like if it's a violent Captain America kind of guy. Yeah. The, the claw, it's just a freaking brain. You want to see it? It's and dude, and, and when he's, yeah, and then when he's just like killing the Nazis and he's just saying some <laughs> shit to him, I was I like, just thought it was funny because he was a ghost. 
Um, yeah, it was funny. Mean? He's like, "What happened?" He's just like, "Oh man!" And then he, like he's freaking out. I was like, he walks man, right through him. Did that just happen? If they if they had just kept the movie like this, it probably would have been good. Yeah, tell you yeah, the truth. True. If they if they had kept that level of comedy, not been like oh up and down between that horror aspects, action and like the occult. I guess I don't know. Um, so if you guys were to make a Hellboy two movie, I had to add topics in here because I knew this would run short. <laughs> what would you want in a Hellboy two sequel? An entire fucking reboot again. Nice. Just nothing good. Nothing no. good. Dude, I mean, is it even going to make enough money to get a reboot? Would you say it made no. like $2 million? Or 12, what we $12 million on a budget of $50 okay, million. Yeah. So it's probably not. But, I mean, it would have been nice to see Abe Sapien, you know, and for yeah. them to kind of clean up everything. Maybe add a couple more dollars to the special effects. Yeah. Uh, and just have just one specific villain to focus on and not yeah. just be all over the place. I mean, so let's that, say it was Koshi the Deathless or so. It'd be yeah. like the it just just keep it like that. Don't yeah. add any more goddamn people. What about you, Nibel? I think the same. It just it really just needs to stay focused. Um, they had a lot of interesting subplots. It's just that there was just too many, and you wanted us to pay attention and figure it all out. It's like no, mm-hmm. just give us the one thing to focus on. If you're doing a reboot, especially, then it should be just you know let me introduce you to a new audience kind of thing instead of just yeah. saying oh you guys seen the originals and you've also read the comic so yeah. we're just gonna throw a bunch of shit in here for you i would have what i would do is like yeah let's make that ape saving shows up i'd keep david harbour because he's awesome as hellboy yeah. kennedy kim can stay too sasha lane can go away alice is useless his whole story so hellboy major ben dymo we got fucking ape sapien. They're just tearing some shit up. Yeah. They're gonna fight the guy. Yeah. Keep it. Uh, like I said, PG-13. kill Alice and bring back uh, Liz from the original series. Or I mean, or hint that she's around or some yeah, shit. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, once again, I'm not too familiar with this shit, so I don't know if like Liz is a real character or not. Right. True. So it'd be cool just to do that, and it's something just better pacing. Keep it hour forty five. Um, maybe go PG thirteen. Maybe that's what I said. Yeah, keep PG thirteen, and then do a lot more showing, not telling. We yeah. don't need any more background on these guys. Mm-hmm. You've and pretty I mean, much given us everything we need to know. So you can keep no the comedy here. to a point, but I mean, and also by toning it down to PG thirteen, there's not going to be any over the top violence too. Right. Which I mean, again, it's fine, but it's got to make sense. It, yeah. it can't just be like that's what's carrying the movie. It's like, oh, it's super violent. Yeah, but what if they just start murdering people in like, the streets? Like, they could have I mean, maybe yeah, made the comedy a bit more raunchy. You know, use the R rating if you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's really if anything they at least could have uh given it a little bit more uh humor in the scenes yeah, and shave the hellboy's back because that shit was fucking <laughs> disgusting <laughs> shit bother the fuck out of me dude i was like why is his back so hairy he's a demon bro last little uh clothing thought hellboy is a baby look fucking terrible cgy was hilarious that was, hilarious. That was like, so bad that's supposed to be scary or i told funny? i left the theater and told mikey and marco i was like dude was that the baby scene from 2001 a space odyssey from <laughs> the just, fucking 70s they just colored it in yeah, yeah it looked bad right yeah. i'm like this isn't even like passable i would have been like oh it's not complete right they're like no that's it like oh man this is not gonna do well nope <laughs> all right guys any closing thoughts from you from you two it's terrible other than don't see this movie yeah it's just terrible yeah waste your i can't even recommend else. to rent this no. i don't think i'm ever gonna watch this movie again no i'm not I'm, i will say um it's given me a need to watch the originals, though. So I will end up watching the originals. I kind of want to cleanse your palate. Yeah. I, kinda, yeah. I want to do that, too, just so I can be like, this is the real Hellboy. Yeah. The other one was a fake. Yeah. All right, guys. So that is our review of Hellboy. Don't see it. And that's also the end of the podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for listening, for the feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can find us. Check us out on our social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at MoviePalsPod. You can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and also on Spotify now. 
once again, we really appreciate all the feedback, as James said. We appreciate all the comments and all the interactions you guys uh, send our way. Please continue that. Also, continue to recommend any topics of the week or anything in movies or TV shows that you'd like us to watch and review. Join us next time, guys, where we'll be reviewing for episode 47, Avengers Endgame. Until yes. then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.